check one, two, check. Okay. Ooh, 10.06 today. Hey, good morning, Jeff. She's in Tennessee. Oh, okay. You're all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till you see what's coming after. All right. Good to go? All right, everybody. Good to see you. This will be quick today. Um, the Lord and the sovereignty there in Him um, had Leonard just doing, uh, led Leonard to break the text in half today. And praise God he did. That was amazing. That was great. That's in. I get so worried when we come to the Good Samaritan that we're just going to hear the story of the Good Samaritan and not appreciate everything that it is. Because there's, I think R.C. Sproul said that the, uh, while the parable of the Good Samaritan is a good name for this parable, um, it, 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 a better name would be the debate between the lawyer and Christ. <laughs> um, because that, that's what's happening here. The parable in the text gets all the attention. And it should get a massive amount of attention. It's great. Um, but here's, here's what we have. We're going to get through this. I just have a page and a half, and I'm not going to be too intensive about anything, because this is actually a very, uh, very simple passage. Um, but here's the big themes. Uh, justification by God, the religious heart of man and its blindness, humility and justice and good works and love and the underlying and overarching gospel of God and the love of God. And Leonard just did half of it today. I'm gonna do the whole thing. Don't worry, it's not gonna take that much longer because I'm not gonna be here next week. I'll be out of town, all right? I have to go to a bachelor party and a camping trip, so please, please pray for me. As a Christian, I'm still trying to figure out what to do on a Friday night. And <laughs> they're gonna be all the doing this stuff, but I'm just, okay. Okay. Right. But it's my brother and I love him, so. I love his silly friends, too. No. Uh, so, Father, thank you for the opportunity to come into this your word. Thank you that you, your gospel is just waiting here for us to see and latch on to by faith. And I pray that you would grant us the grace to do that, that we would be good recipients of your word. And it's for your wonderful name we pray. We pray for those of us who aren't in here today. I hear Liz is out in Columbus, and we miss her. Pray for safe travels and a good time while she's there. And those who you would call into this room, we pray that this would grow and, and that we would all be sanctified by your word. And thank you for, um, thank you that the gospel is shallow enough for a child to swim and deep enough for us to dive into as well. So thank you. It's for your wonderful name we pray. Amen. All right. So. We think of the parable of the Good Samaritan, and we often think of like all the doing that comes out of it, because people use this parable to get people to, to try to exhort people to do things. Um, as I've heard it, heard messages on it before um, about loving your neighbor, and yeah, that's a massive part of it, but that's, that's the very end verse, and there's all of this before that happens, and, um, and we should be focusing on all of it. Perhaps we miss what else is happening when we just focus on the go and do part and the go and love. Um, the heart level aspects uh, between God's sight and our blindness and our natural downshifts into a religious heart that uh, we need rescued out of that, our natural state. And so let's hope we see that today as we move forward. All right, verse 25 of Luke 10. 
parable of the Good Samaritan. All right. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. Now, he's not really asking anything. He's challenging, uh, saying, teacher. And Leonard had on the board, and I don't know if you noticed, that font was sharp. I like that. <laughs> uh, uh, that was up there. It was clear, clean, like it. Um, but all, those, all these challenging, uh, when, when, uh, the negatives that Jesus gets called teacher and how many of them throughout the gospel are teacher, you know, like kind of saying, scoffing at him by calling him teacher because they didn't go to school like he did, but yet he, he is a teacher because he spoke as one with authority. Um, teacher, what shall I do to inherit? Inherit means to receive an allotted share. To inherit what? Eternal life. So he thought it was from his doing, his, his, his bloodline, his Jewishness, and his works. I'm, worth, I'm a Jew, I'm a, I'm a man of God, I'm a scribe, so I'm like a varsity Jew. Uh -uh. Verse 26, and he said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? So Jesus counters with his own question. And he asked, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Now that's pretty much what I've said in communion today. Um, this was recited twice daily by if you were a faithful Jew from Deuteronomy 6, 5, the Shema. And um, he, at the end there, love your neighbor as yourself, he tacks on Leviticus 19, 18. So in other words, he's saying, what do I have to do? I have to continue being as awesome as I am. I have to continue being righteous. Uh, and Jesus compliments his recital here, and he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Now, as we said in communion, the problem is, Jesus knows, not for a second in this guy's life, has he ever loved God with his totality, all of his heart, all of his soul, all of his mind, and all of his strength. So, Jesus doesn't say earning your salvation is possible through being a total person. We have fractured natures that need replaced. So doing this, actually following God with all your heart and mind, with, with your totality, means you have to, Jesus is saying, I'm what God's provided you. Follow me. In essence, that's what he's getting down to. It's nothing that this man can do for himself to be saved. The fact that he needs a savior makes that case. The fact that God promises a Messiah makes that case. The fact that it's by another's works means it's not our works. Um, so if he actually loves God with his entirety, he'll follow Jesus. Because that's who God's provided. Yeah, Joe. Make a comment real quick. Yeah. First of all, he's telling you yeah, he was a scribe then. And we're not, even though if you knew the whole law, we're not saved by the law. No. And I don't know if you got it. But, and then another thing is, he wanted to know how to inherit eternal life. Well, I went to the lawyer and I got a will made up and I'm going to leave an inheritance. I don't know how they're all going to turn out, but they're going to get everything I got. can't 
in the Jewish culture of the day um, and lawyer it says here it's just another name for scribe uh, the Jewish people at this time they had a theocracy there was no separation of church and state so this guy knew his law and knew it well both gods and man's uh, so yeah I, I should have said that first because this is guy he was an expert at things uh, and he was yeah he'll tell you all about it so really he's questioning he's kind of like prodding Jesus' theology here. What do you know? And then he repeats the same thing. Yeah. Okay, so the first... Okay. Uh, do this means you must follow Jesus because that's the total person. Jesus is the only complete person before God. We are lacking, but in him, we are not lacking at all. And he's trying to bring him into that, I, I believe. And, um, those who believe in Jesus follow Jesus and receive eternal rewards. That's good news. However, that's not enough for this man. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? All right, so. In his heart, as a Jew, God's separated people, he's proud of his standing that he has here. And um, in their religion, in their law, they were their focus. And so if Jesus begins to speak kindly of anybody outside, a Gentile, the, yeah, uh, then he cannot be, then he has a bad theology. justify himself. Okay, so the first part of the text shows a religious heart. Jesus allow, doesn't. Jesus won't allow him to believe he's better than anyone else because while this man wants to justify himself, it shows that he's not loving God as Jesus prescribes, and Jesus prescribes this so, uh, so to reveal in him that he doesn't really fulfill the law himself. He recites it. He doesn't fulfill it. He knows it. Maybe he believes it, but to the fullest extent, he can't accomplish it and hasn't. He asked this man where he needs him to teach him something that he won't see otherwise. So next he gives three parable characters who have the opportunity to love, see a need, show what it is to be a Christian. And yes, this guy's not, I'm saying that for our benefit, this guy doesn't care about being a Christian, absolutely. Jesus is bringing him into something deeper, the next stage of redemption in history. Um, I'll read the rest of this, and then we'll go into the rest, and we'll go pretty quick after that. All right. Um, so next he gives three character, uh, parable characters who have the opportunity to love. They see a need. And who but one whom the Jews hate? A Samaritan fulfills that need. 
This shows love doesn't pick and choose who's deserving. We talk about that for a little bit, but you see the gospel here. Before God, who's deserving? God saves us according to his mercy. It's not uh, mercy if it's deserved. Mercy, by definition, is the, withhold, the withholding of what is deserved. The following is to say to the religious heart of man, you cannot justify yourself any more than this man overtaken by his bad choices and robbers is laying in the road. You can't justify yourself any more than he could. Going away he should not have gone. He can help himself apart from grace, love, and mercy of an outside source. So we're like the one on the ground. We're also like the priest and the Levite who are going to walk by him. Jesus is our outside source coming to help. I want to say that at the beginning of, uh, so that we see it going into it. He tells us what's next to get his eyes on. Uh, he tells us what's next to get his eyes on himself, um, to get this man's eyes off himself, rather, on Jesus, to expose and to perhaps grant repentance, and then his eyes off himself by opening up his assumptions that he's justified by his law abiding. Faith in what's left in our religious heart is blown up, and what remains is God. And God works, and God's works of mercy. Okay, so verse 30. Jesus replied. This is how Jesus answered him. And this is where this guy goes wrong if he wants to stay the way he is, because after this. Okay, so Jesus replied, a man. This would have been a Jew. He doesn't need to say uh, he was Jewish because he's talking to a Jewish scribe. As a Jewish man himself, so story doesn't make sense if we if, if we don't see that man laying on the road. Um, given what's coming, given the the coming Samaritan character, who would have been a bad guy in their minds, and vice versa, uh, being that this man is a Samaritan and the and the man a Jew on the ground makes everything we're about to hear pure grace and mercy. And very scandalous because Jesus makes him the good guy in the story, the good Samaritan. If, he, if Jesus would have opened up and said, here's a parable of the good Samaritan, you would have been. Because they would say there is no such thing. Okay, so a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. This is the way of the world. And he's referring to a real and notorious road that was about 17 miles long, and there was parts of it that were 3,000 feet in elevation between Jerusalem and Jericho, and there's plenty of places for robbers to sit and wait for somebody who's alone and vulnerable uh, and anticipate someone coming. So he's telling the story. This scribe and anybody hearing would have known what he's talking about. Um, now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a, Levi, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now, scribes debate on why they passed by on the other side. Some think either they thought the man was dead and they didn't want to touch him and become ritually unclean. Um, they were... 
he didn't have a mask on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't had his vaccine. He didn't have a mask on, so he's untouchable. Um, and uh, or, or they were too busy. They could have been, yeah. Just Sabbath. he was passing by and was it on a Sabbath too? Oh, we don't know. Jesus doesn't tell us that, so well, okay. whatever you can say it But it could Sabbath have been the Sabbath and yeah, that would fit in with the rest of the parts of the gospel. It could have been the Sabbath, yeah. For whatever reason, you know? Yeah. Uh, and if it was the Sabbath from earlier teaching, we know that the Sabbath was made for man, and so they're breaking it by not stopping. And that's the best way. Yeah. Okay, so you have been richly unclean for them to touch. They don't want to be, defile themselves. And, and so they choose self. No hassle, no justice, no mercy, no compassion. Just saw, and neither of them acted. And this is where it's good to define justice. Because in, this is how I remember what justice is, by righteousness. Righteousness is easy. Doing what's right. That's easy to remember. Uh, whereas justice is something's wrong and you bring rightness to it. That's that's definition of justice and mercy. So there's a wrong here, and they ignore it. So that's an injustice. And they walk past. Now, but but a Samaritan, and this is where, if he wasn't listening all that well, now Jesus has both his ears. But a Samaritan, and this is how we know. Man didn't create the Bible. A Jewish man would never have written this story. <laughs> we can see, we can see God breathed authenticity in this. Just look, what other religion out there is man the problem and not the solution? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, now there's some things within this that we'll see um, as we go. As he journeyed, so he was busy, he had plans. He was in danger on this road as well, and he puts himself in further danger by helping someone who's already fallen to that danger. As he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, had compassion. Now his compassion, compassion is a, is a word that means, I forget now, but I'm just remembering, I should have wrote this down. Um, it's like a, a feeling in your guts. It's a weight in here. It's, it's actually like if you look at the Jewish word for compassion, the Greek word, it's, it's a, it, you feel it in your bowels is, the, is how they put it. We're saved by compassion. God looked on our helpless state in compassion. He felt it in his guts. His compassion outweighs his plans. Such needs as the one that the man had outweighs plans. And if anything, this man's, the needs that he had made this man's plans disposable to this man. And that's what the Christian life is about. We live on call, ready to be gladly inconvenienced when God opens up a need before us. Sometimes interpretations, or sometimes interruptions are God's invitations serve him and others. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him back to the inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two, excuse me, 
two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So he keeps this man in his thoughts, making him a priority in his intentions. In this way, taking him with him. He prays for him. Doesn't leave him until all is done within his power that can be done. There's 13 things in here that I saw. Um, he exhorts the innkeeper to continue to care and reimburse the innkeeper for anything necessary to this man's well-being. Even commits to a follow-up and returning. Okay, so look. These 13 things I just underlined in my Bible. And, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, when he came to where he was, he saw him. And all of them saw him. But the Samaritan is the, the one, only one who got past the first thing. The seeing. Seeing a need. He had compassion. He went to him. Bound his wounds. Poured on oil and wine. These were medicines back in the day. If you read James 5 and it says, give the elders to anoint with, anoint with oil and wine. Or uh, olive oil. It, it, it pretty much just means medicine. It doesn't actually mean the elders are supposed to go people, but, <laughs> but we do that. Okay. Pour on oil and wine. Six. Then set him on his own animal. Imagine the work that was of this man beaten so bad. The exertion that it would take. The carrying of him. Now I hope maybe we're starting to see Christ in this. And brought him. He brought him. He took him somewhere. He didn't leave him there. He didn't just do all he could for him there. Took him brought him to an inn and then he didn't just take him to an inn he stayed there with him took care of him now nine the next day so he didn't just stay with him he stayed with him like he um, bared with him he uh, he was an onlooker he was he was monitoring his health He took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Okay, um, that's number 10. He helped him financially. And, he, and then number 11, he exhorts the innkeeper, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will, number 12, repay you. Number 13, when I come back. So, which one of these do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? This is probably the easiest question that Jesus ever asked anybody. That's like, <laughs> yeah. I find that amazing because a denarius was a day's wage. Now, yes. We're talking two days' wages. If I make $100 a day, Jimmy Buffett over Warren Buffett. Days wages. It would have been two days of his wages. But Mr. Buffett would have said, I'm going to leave you this 1-800 number, call my secretary, and she'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. it, 
what I'm getting at is this is an amazing story because even me, if I made a hundred dollars a day, would I give up two hundred dollars? You know what she said? And, and and not only that, to stay with him? Mm-hmm. I don't know of anybody that would, unless you get paid and you're on the payroll because you're a nurse. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not to mention this the whole the thing that's off the enemies factor of it too. That just on the ground. He's in the ditch. <laughs> left for dead. How come the guy showed up? Is that fallen grace? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Some people, they're in a ditch somewhere and, and he's gone. Yeah. Who's going to find him? Reminds me of the Jonathan Edwards I mean, quote. The whole story is like bizarre. Am I right? Yeah. The whole story is bizarre. But we could read this now and we're like, yeah, of course we should do that to somebody. Then we yeah, forget. Yeah. This was a lot more scandalous story to them than it was than it is for us to read. Okay. We need to appreciate them so that we can see this. Um, okay, but I, I just I, I was thinking as you were speaking. Mm-hmm. No, that's all. That's right on. Way, you know. Yeah. Um, and he had the money to do it. The fellow that helped him. And they, that was, yeah. That was great. Maybe that was all his money. I mean, it's all, yeah. I think that God is the one that orchestrated all of this. Yeah. Even for the fellow that did it. I was, as I was going through this, I was kind of thinking this Samaritan seems to be a, f- a pretty formidable man because he's on the same dangerous road, exposing himself to greater risk by taking care of this guy. And you're the one he has money. Hate, you do hate Samaritans. After, yeah, and after he does everything that he possibly could, he carries on his business. And even he's not done doing everything he could, he said, I'm coming back. That's, uh, yeah, this guy must have been, I don't know. Yeah, you got it, that's right. All right, so the, so which one of these three proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy, like the scribe couldn't even say it, couldn't even say Samaritan, perhaps from prejudice or perhaps from seeing his real heart and being stunted, I don't know. Um, Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. All right, so the Lord, the better good Samaritan, Jesus Christ, Christ, exhorts him to mercy, not condemnation, to show mercy. His command means a religious heart isn't a hopeless case in the Lord's hand. There are no hard cases when it comes to softening grace. Every Christian has a story of that because the heart of man is a very hard thing. Think of who wrote Amazing Grace, John Newton. Said It was said of him that he could curse for 10 minutes without repeating himself. He was in the slave trade. And then he's hater of God by his own admission and witnesses to his life. And then he goes on to use that same mouth to write Amazing Grace and begin to 
to abolish the slave trade? What happened? Memphis, Memphis Jesus here. His command means religiously hard. It's play in the Lord's hand. Um, he gave this man the opportunity for real love of God and life, not just his incomplete person kind of love and obedience. Go and do out of this. Not just go and do, but go and do out of this. With like this compassion, this so where our joy is found from faith in Christ. Obedience, where our joy is found in faith in Christ. And so here, two more things. The gospel and an exhortation. Christ is the great likewise for us. Go and do likewise. The substance of compassion for us. Do we see Jesus in the Samaritan? The Samaritan gets his hands dirty. How much more did Jesus become something worse for us when he was made sin for us? He stopped for us. He wasn't spared the dangers of a fallen world. He cares for us. By his stripes we are healed. Remember Donna's wounds? He carries us, put him on his own horse, or put him on his own donkey, his own animal. He carried the cross for us, put us on his back. He provided for us out of his means his infinite grace he abides with us staying with us not just well not just you're forgiven but sanctification walking through with us he paid a great price for us just like the Samaritan exhorts the innkeeper uh, Jesus mediates and intercedes for us and also He's coming back for us. It's been said, the Lord helps those who help themselves. But the reality of the gospel is that Jesus helps those who can't help themselves. The first one is heresy. If you've ever heard that, you please correct whoever told you that. No, Jesus helps those who can't help themselves. That's what the gospel is. And so here's the exhortation. If not us, his church, who obey this command, go and do likewise. Speaking of this Savior, loving with this heartfelt, this bowels uh, compassion, then who? If not his church, then who? For, Christian, for Christians, fixing our eyes on Jesus means keeping our eyes out for the needs of others. Christians are neighbors to the world. Practically, we are on journeys we are going to see needs along the way. Be full of Christ in a world empty of him, lights in the darkness. Behold, believe, be new, and be ready. Micah 6, 8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love kindness, or love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9. Open your mouth with mute for the rights of those who are destitute, say the unborn. Open your mouth, judge rightly, defend the rights of the poor, 
meaty. This is what it looks like to do justice. There's, I could fill pages and pages and pages of stuff about doing justice and what, it, what that looks like. So this is our call. Um, just be ready with the needs that God shows you all the time full of Christ. Behold, believe, be new, be ready. Verse 31 says, please, I just find that amazing. Mm -hmm. How did they know to put that word in there? Christ is our high priest. Uh, yeah, I was... What did God give the, the office of the Levite? Yeah, there's more than just you. This was always the plan from, I think, before eternity. Um, but Ezekiel 34, I was reading, and, and the Lord is uh, speaking. Yeah, this is what he said to his own priests. Um, but you have not fed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, with force and harshness you ruled over them. Alright, he says a lot more than that. But then he says, later in the chapter 34, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I think I am the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. In John 10, where he says that twice. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. I will, uh, and the fat and the strong, I will destroy, and I will feed them in justice. Um, Jesus Christ.
by the sovereignty of God, he might, if God is gracious. But this is, this man, the good shepherd, is standing in the fire room telling him this story as an invitation to come out of himself and away from, or just lift his eyes to Jesus and God will bring him out of himself, rather. I think that's how it happened. Um, And we have to look at the sin, but in our own lives, mm -hmm. like I know mm -hmm. what I've done. And if there's some person out there that's going through the same thing, no matter whatever color and whatever, we're to help them with the gospel. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't judge them because, you know, of all this other, because I know they are made in God's image. But if if they have sin, then I have to ask, what is it you need me to do to help them, you know, repent of their sin in that way? You mean after they get better? Huh? Are you talking about after they get better? Yeah, if, if I do, if, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't judge them because if they're black or well, no, no, whatever no, that, I accept them because do. they're made yeah, in I'm his not, image. I'm not referring to anybody in particular. Okay, yeah. but I'm just saying, that then my responsibility is is knowing if we see the sin, is to take the gospel to them and let them know, you know, that they can repent of that and that. So I don't I don't separate myself, you know. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't know if I explained that how I want to explain it, but I think I got what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a what's popular today. Uh, wokeness. Give him that five bucks, because I know it's just Saturday night. <laughs> well, I 
take a PS for bite for five bucks. <laughs> and I would say, I don't have it. No, no, I'd say, what, what do you need it for in that? Well, then I would, if he wanted something to eat or whatever, then I would go with them. Oh, you would? I would go with them okay. and provide them to eat, and then I'd pay for it. But if I knew, and he said, well, I want to go and get a bottle of wine or whatever, <laughs> then I'd say, no, I wouldn't give that to you because I'm just I'm helping them along I'm to gonna do it. with you because I want to eat with you, so. <laughs> But I'm saying. No, I got you. No, I understand. You gotta, I'm, not, I'm not judging. You, gotta, you have to make a judgment somewhere. But I, w I would not give him five dollars if he said I'm, I'm going to go get my. I wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> I would not give it to him because I'm helping him to keep on sinning. Okay. I would try to talk with him and well, yeah, yeah. get, get him somewhere yeah. else. You know. That's a, well, that, that's a bigger. That's a bigger reason too. That's just. Remember, we shouldn't yeah, make distinctions yeah. according to someone else's otherness, be it nationality, creed, religion, um, whatever else. Um, we we don't get to make certain judgment calls about others according to their otherness because we were very other to God and we've been rendered a. He's the one who rendered our gracious judgment. So we're, we're, we're gracious to people where he exposes the need. Someone coming up to us on the street and asking for something, a lot of the times it's illegitimate. I think I remember a study that back in the 90s, the average homeless, homeless person in, in Detroit made forty five dollars to $50,000 a year. They would dress up and then go out on the street, and that was their job. And then they would go home and, you know, their wife and kids and their cable. And, uh, so that's very real, too. Sin at that, and then there is the context of give to all who ask without. I think once the I don't know, I heard John MacArthur saying he has when he goes around the world and he goes to India and all the kids are hanging on him uh, asking for money, he knows that their boss is around the corner getting 75% of what they make, and so he predetermines not to give anything to anybody in, in that context because it's going to fund sinful things yeah, and yeah um, so there are people who someone coming up to you might be a red flag but there are needs that you see someone who's not coming up to you who's in a position who needs maybe that's where our compassion kicks in and so our hands should open yeah it's the, it's yeah. the situation it, you know Not what are you endorsing by giving them the money? I guess that's the there's some discernment that has to go into it.
down and have it cut, you know? And it was, and to this day, she feels bad because she was so involved, and we all are, you know, to get tickets and whatever. She thought she should have thanked me for, for the bucking. And uh, yeah, that, 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 I'm just saying that the nomination that I was speaking of makes like I should be the judgment on should I give that person five bucks and if I know he has the interest, he might want to get five cigarettes. Uh, so that's all I was going, the fact that, that, that the, the denomination promoted don't give it to him. But then he may want to give it to him, you know why? He might be our grandson. <laughs> so for the nomination to promote it as a whole yeah. is kind of weird. Yeah, when it's when every specific instance of <laughs> service or compassion is relative. Yeah. All right, guys. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. But that happened to my wife going to Cincinnati, and I was yeah. the only one that really uh, got a blessing out of the whole thing was the fact that I was the one that bought all the tickets. Well, we did this next week, this week, didn't we? So we're good. Well, she has uh, the doctor's pronunciation. Okay. And you can say it as you're talking. All right. Okay, <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't know. You know for I know, yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking that, too. It's yeah. just, <laughs> it might it's be a busy month, and I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, I don't have time to go do other things. I don't want to go do this for a few days. All right. <laughs> You'll be delighted. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I'm working on my own stuff here now. All right. Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus being the better good Samaritan and the real one who had compassion and acted according to it to the fullest extent out of love and God. So that we might invite it into that same love and know it. That full love, that, that full Godness will be absorbed into tear will be wiped away and everything that we cared about will be forgotten because of the surpassing worth of God in us, for us, with us, in us, for him, glorifying him out of our greatest joy. So may we be those who are satisfied in Christ with eyes open, hearts open, hands open, however you would call us sight and the faith to go and do likewise in Christ alone.